Ah, it's that time of year. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are here. We are queer. I'm Allie. That's James. And the reason I say it's that time of year, I'm not talking about Halloween. I'm talking about the Trump supporters who are coming out, coming out. <laughs> you mean it is scarier. Ah, yes. <laughs> scarier than Halloween, right? That's That's what that is. Yes. Have you noticed them coming out of the woodwork? I know that now is the time, right, for them to show up and start chat and start waving the flags. And the flags, by the way, ten times bigger than any flag I've ever seen. Like the flags that you would imagine go on those gigantic poles, or that they would have at World Series games or Super Bowls. Those are the ones that people have attached to their trucks or stapled onto freeway overpasses. But I am seeing more Trump supporters, even in my area, which, you know, isn't as liberal as L.A. proper, but I would say California in general, a liberal place. But there are pockets of people who are big, big Trump supporters, and they are out, and they are proud, and they are taking up the taking out the, the, the they're at the bars. They are out and about and proud of their Aren't Trumpiness. They? Aren't they? And I wonder if maybe that's why it seems like there's more of them now. Uh, not only are, are they kind of ramping up, but also because we live in a particularly uh, liberal state and area that when you see someone who is a Trump supporter or sort of not necessarily with the majority, it feels like it sticks out more, right? Like there's, you've got a, a room full of brunettes and there's a blonde and you feel like, oh, you see the blonde more because there's a bunch of brunettes in the room. So I do see that, but I do also, I'm with you, Ali. I feel like people are getting a little more brazen, if you will, about their Trump support and, I mean, people should be able to 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 support who they want, except for the fact that, like, even now that we know this guy's like a confirmed racist and a confirmed crook and whatever, people are sort of like doubling down on it. And it, it kind of scares me. Yeah, it's it's scary. And I don't know if you know anybody who is in your close group of friends that is a Trump supporter, because I think when he got elected, the world was so upside down that a lot of people who have been Trump supporters, especially maybe in California or places that are a little more liberal or blue states, mm-hmm. they've just kind of been lying and wait and quiet. But then also <laughs> there's a lot of things that are happening in the world right now where you feel like, oh, because Trump got elected in the first place, it gave all of these white supremacists and all these hateful people the platform and the permission to be crazy people. And they were always there. And now they're just there and obvious about it yeah and and taking it to extremes i watched this really fascinating uh, documentary sort of thing over the, over the weekend about how QAnon got to be QAnon and got to be directly related to trump and for those of you who don't know QAnon is this massive conspiracy theory that there is a cabal of satan worshiping pedophiles who are most of the A-list celebrities that you've heard of. So Tom Hanks, Oprah Winfrey, Hillary Clinton, people like that. They're all a part of this group. And that the only person who's got the power to destroy them and bring them down is Donald Trump. And so you have this weird mix of conspiracy theory, really far out there, conspiracy theory, and Trump supporter all merging into one. And I feel like it's one thing to be like, I'm kind of a Republican and I, you know, this is how I feel about things fiscally or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Or I have sort of conservative values and morals versus just like full on conspiracy theory, diehard supporting a racist person who sexually assaults women and is a crook. 
Do you know anybody in your close group that is a Trump supporter? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have we have a couple of people one person who we we finally sort of had to distance ourselves from each other um and it it was not a good situation there's another person in our group who everyone for some reason we all just categorically ignore it like we just ignore it he ignores yeah that's a good way to go just his ignore stuff. we ignore him right we just figure out we talk about anything else but that well, let's do that. Let's talk about anything else except the election. When Hooray. we come back, it's just the tip Tuesday. Yay. We're going to talk about doggies. Oh, how exciting. Oh, um, it's 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 actually a cautionary tale. You might be stressing your dog out. There might be a few things that you are doing at home that stress your dog out. So, And I know we've talked to you about de-stressing your life, but let's de-stress your dog's life when we come back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. Dr. James, Allie Johnson, it's Tuesday. And on Tuesdays, we give you some tips. In fact, we call it Just the Tip Tuesday. And today, we're talking about 11, 11 ways that veterinarians have shared with us that we might be uh, un... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> 11. And now there's 12. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Uh, uh, Very good. Uh. Uh, these 11 ways that we are counting that you may be unknowingly stressing your dog out. And Allie reading this article kind of stressed me out because I feel like I do a bunch of these and we have kind of an anxious dog. And I'm like, oh, crap. Maybe I've been making the dog anxious the entire time. It's a it's a little bit disconcerting, to be honest. The dog is just sitting there with high anxiety, wondering, "Ah, is he going to look at me? What's going on? Is he going to randomly take me for a walk that I wasn't ready for? I don't know what's going on. But we also don't know how to tell the difference between excitement and anxiety in dogs. So that... Uh, Is what's confusing. It, it is a big thing because my I, my aunt is a dog trainer. And so she's taught us certain things like wagging of a tail of a dog just means excitement. And excited. When you're scared, you're excited. When you're angry, you're excited. When you're really, really happy about something, you're excited. So dogs just have like sort of excited and not excited. So the wagging of the tail doesn't always mean happy. But you mentioned going for a walk, Allie. And one of the things that Christopher and I do when we take our dog for a walk is put on our hat and sunglasses, which are the exact two things that sometimes when you put them on can stress your dog out because your dog's kind of like... Where did you go? Really? So it's like putting on a Mr. Potato Head disguise where no one knows. It's like all of a sudden you've disappeared and you look like a different person You're to them? You're like, where did you go? Well, they they rely on our eyes and our facial expressions to sort of read us. That's like one of the primary ways that, that our body language is used. So when we hide our eyes under a hat and under behind sunglasses, it stresses the dog out. Well, then Halloween's probably very stressful for them oh. and probably COVID because we're covering our faces. Right. Oh, I'm sure the masks is like uh, another, an, a whole nother level. Another like thing. Everyone's I'm, faces are gone. <laughs> they're like, what's going All on? Right. Them. A mask, sunglass and hat. The dog's like, I don't, who's this alien in my house staring at them? I think a lot of people have kind of known this, but you know, last week we talked about like, this is a good way to communicate with your cat is to like do this like squinty eye stare, but it's actually the opposite for dogs. Okay, so eye contact freaks them out, which is more human-like. I get freaked out by long periods of eye contact, especially when they're unsolicited. And then all of a sudden someone's, even if it's my wife, and she all of a sudden just starts staring at me, I'm like, what? 
What's going on? Do I have something <laughs> why, on my face? Why What's are, happening? Why are you so, staring? So the dog is like, what? Do I have something on my face? What's going on? What, do yep. I have a mole? Is there, what is it? Is there a cat behind me? What's happening? And it <laughs> which, starts freaking out. Which is exactly out. how the dog is feeling. Right. The dog is feeling freaked out like you, Allie. The other thing that you might think you could be doing to reduce your dog's stress is giving them a nice, tight, squeezy hug. And... That's not the right way. So dogs in general sort of like to cuddle. Like they kind of like to snuggle, but they like to do it with a little bit of room. Like you got to give them room so that they feel like they can sort of escape and that they're not being smothered because that you might be giving them a hug too tight thinking you're reducing their stress and actually you're increasing it. Mm -hmm. And that can be very, very difficult when you're intoxicated. I understand (laughs) that when you go out for the night and then you come home and you see your dog there, you're like, Bobby, that you just want to wrap your arms and legs all around him and just squeeze him as hard as you possibly can. That stresses them the F out, apparently. It sure does. You mentioned masks and things for Halloween. You might also be dressing your dog up, stressing, ha, stressing it up, dressing up your dog in costumes for Halloween. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do it. Not only is it sort of like a little bit lame, but also like it <laughs> freaks dogs out. They're like, what is this thing on me? Which is sort of opposite of, you know, they have those vests that you can put on the dog that are like comfort them. Like it's like a nice gentle hug, but you like putting ears on the top of the dog's head and stuff like that. Nah, freaks them out. Well, especially when you buy a costume like two years ago and then the dogs gain 10 pounds and you try to put the same Robin Hood costume on them and it's way too tight and they look uncomfortable and they basically have the dog equivalent of muffin top and they just look very shameful at you. <laughs> They're like, um, Really? Are we doing this? We're doing They're this They're like, now. why? Why? I don't fit in this anymore. Why? What are we doing? Right. Uh, a couple of other things as we go up. New types of treats can stress your dog out because it might upset their stomach. Obviously, smoking around your dog, traveling with your dog. And this one was new to me as well. Older dogs in particular don't like to be pet unexpectedly. So give them a little bit of warning when you're coming up to an older dog. Like, hey, Smoopy Poo, I'm going to pet you. Here I am touching your back first and then your face. It will help a lot. Yeah, once that cataract sets in, you better give them some warning. All right, when we come back, drop the suspect. Scott Peterson is getting a new trial. We'll talk about that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Sure, it's drop the subject. And sure, it's Allie and James. But it's also drop the suspect. Because we have a couple of spooky updates. Um, First of all, Unsolved Mysteries is back. Volume 2 just dropped. I have yet to watch it. But it is the next six stories in the installment of Unsolved Mysteries. And the first six I watched... You watched them, right, James? I I didn't watch the last two, actually. I'm only through the first four. I did one of those things where I'm like, I'm in love with this. There's nothing more important in my life than watching this. And then I just... And then you dropped off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, se- the new volume is available, and I will be watching that as soon as possible. But there's also an update on an older crime that was committed um, in the uh, San Mateo area up by my hometown in the Bay Area, the Scott Peterson case, which was, of course, nationally and internationally a huge case about 16 to 18 years ago. Uh, Lacey Peterson, who was pregnant, uh, went missing. Nobody could find her. Uh, The prime suspect was her husband, Scott Peterson. Later on, she was found in um, in the ocean or in the bay. Mm -hmm. Um, Her and her unborn son were discovered. And then ultimately, Scott Peterson was um, 
was convicted of a double murder and sentenced to death. The update is that he uh, he shortly after his death sentence was overturned to life in prison, he is now getting his trial reexamined. And if you have followed any of this case, there are a lot of really confusing little elements to it. Uh, the basic storyline, they think that Scott Peterson planned this weeks in advance. He was having an affair with another woman who we learned about that after (laughs) she had gone missing, after Scott Peterson had multiple interviews with police and never said anything about uh, another girlfriend. Then the girlfriend was having like side police recorded conversations with Scott Peterson, even talking to him at the candlelight vigil for his own wife, which he still was saying I that my wife is gone, my wife is passed, or she's she said she was missing or gone, something like that, before they had even discovered Lacey's body. So there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. And there was all this question of the timeline of whether Lacey Peterson was was walking her dog at the time at the you know, at the time she was walking the dog. A lot of witnesses saw her walking the dog and Scott couldn't have done it because he was already gone and off to the marina when Lacey was seen walking her dog. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff with that. And then there was all these problems with the jurors. Jurors kept being excused throughout the deliberation process. And juror number seven is why this um case is being reexamined. So the Supreme Court said that juror number seven committed prejudicial misconduct by not disclosing her prior involvement with other leading uh, legal proceedings included, but not uh, including, but not limited to being the victim of a crime. And I cannot remember exactly who juror number seven was, but there was a juror who was very, very vocal in front of the cameras. She was talking about, she was yap, yap, yapping about how guilty this guy was. I mean, it seemed a little weird that she was the one who was on the jury because she seemed very, very biased. I'm not saying that Scott is innocent by any stretch, but there were some weird things going on with the jury. And so I understand in that context from a legal perspective, why they would want to at least take another look. Well, and this, this juror, juror number seven here, Rochelle Nice, uh, apparently, so what happened is that she was actually had filed a lawsuit in November of 2000 against a woman saying she was in fear for her unborn child. At the time, Nice was four and a half months pregnant. She had filed this lawsuit. Apparently, she did not disclose that she had filed this lawsuit on her like pre-jury questionnaire, right? So that if she had been honest about that on her paperwork, there would have been a concern raised about presumption of prejudice because she was already right, in the so middle she of wouldn't legal have pres- been, She wouldn't have right. been chosen, right? But I, I, what I do find wild is our, our legal justice system, right? 18 years later, we're still, we're getting sentences overturned and reversed and we're getting, we're now all of a sudden the Supreme Court of California is saying we have to send this back down to a lower court to de- maybe like revisit the whole case because one of the jurors lied on some paperwork about a, a, a case before like this seems crazy does that have anything to do with whether or not he killed his wife like at the end of the well, day well i think i think what and i'm looking at this woman's picture now and it is the juror that i'm thinking of because she one of them got excused and i think she was the replacement uh-huh. and there was i think a hasty adding of her to the jury but 
I think what they're saying is that the, what the defense says, at least, is that there were there were a lot of there was we presented a, a lot of reasonable doubt. And and whether whether you look whether you believe that he did it or not, there is re- some reasonable doubt in the case. Uh-huh. So the fact that you're adding this last minute juror who has a biased opinion and would overlook that and possibly be the and she was very headstrong and convinced a lot of the other jurors, which, you know, they interview them later. So. <clears throat> that being said, there was a lot of weird stuff going on with the jury, and I can understand the defense wanting the trial to be reexamined. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Maybe he is just a crazy, guilty, psychotic murderer, and in which case, <laughs> I hope that he still rots in prison in uh, San Quentin, which is where he's at. All right, we'll be back with more Drop the Subject when we come back. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Bubble has taken on a lot of different meanings in COVID-19 and a pandemic. This is Dr. James Alley Johnson. You are listening to Drop the Subject, and we like to make a nice, happy little listening bubble for your pleasure here. And some people, uh, namely the Flaming Lips, are taking Bubble to a whole new level. The Flaming Lips, who are from Oklahoma City, by the way, Allie, did you? I had no idea that they were from Oklahoma City. They (laughs) put on a concert the other day that was half concert, half video shoot for a new music video where they themselves as performers and every single person in the audience were inside of big plastic bubble balls. You know, I'm surprised (laughs) that this has not happened earlier. I think that if we really are going to continue this, which we have to, right? The masks are causing a big stir. Face shields is another thing that's happening. But a bubble either over your head or over your entire body, I don't know why that has not been used more before now. But it seems the flaming lips have caught on. Yeah, They have caught on. Well, and it, it this clearly reduces the number of individuals that you can have in a venue, per se. Also, like uh, the first thing I thought, are how do these people get out in ca- case of a fire? Right. This bubble doesn't fit through the mo- most size of doors. I mean, these bubbles are big. These bubbles are like probably, I don't know, eight feet by eight feet like people are full on standing up in these in these bubbles we'll we'll tweet out a picture of this so you or the video so you can see what these bubbles look like but it, what it does is beg the question of would you go to a concert would you go to an event in a bubble from both a safety standpoint and would you feel like a complete arse <laughs> attending something in a bubble alley. Do they give me my own bubble for the concert or do I need to BYOB? I, I, I think <laughs> very good. You when you show up, they give you a sanitized, reusable, but sanitized bubble that they then blow up for you. So when you get there, you walk in, you get inside, you get inside the bubble, they blow it up for you. Like the vacuum I thing, mean, whenever it blows up, like why off you go. Not? Why not? What's the problem? I I mean, that's the di- that's a completely different concert experience that I've never had. I'd at least like to try it to get there and get your own personal blow up bubble. Then no one's trampling you. Um, no one is doing that annoying thing where they at first were just standing to the side of you. And then now all of a sudden that really tall guy is right in front of you. I mean, everyone is just kind of staying in their bubble. 
That being said, there are also more annoying things that could happen when everyone is in a bubble. For example, if you are in line for a drink and one of you falls, all of you are falling. And how do you drink said drink? Like, is there a bubble window? They don't describe this, but I'm wondering if you have to roll the bubble because you're, you imagine a hamster in a wheel, right? This is essentially what this is. So um, you have to roll the bubble in the right particular way to get there to be like, oh, there's my little drink window. And then are you, are we coordinated enough as a species to walk around in this big hamster wheel, plasticky, soft hamster wheel thing, holding our rum and diet Coke? Without spilling it everywhere. And then if you spill it on the inside, are you just sloshing around and rum and Diet Coke inside your bubble until the end? Like, you have to deal with it. And then what happens when the lady next to you wants to start a mosh pit? Like, are there, like, people just, Ah, like, that'd be flying? so much more fun! <laughs> it would, it scares me. I feel like there's no helmets in here. You're not attached to the bubble. You're just flying around inside of the bubble. This, this is a hazard to me. And what happens when you have to use the bathroom? Because if... I cannot think of one porta potty that would fit these bubbles that I'm looking at right now. Um, would everyone have their own tiny urinal inside or a little baby bathroom? I mean, if you're <laughs> going to be in that bubble for more than two hours, you, yeah, your chances are going to need a, either a drink or to pee. Or if you're going to puff, puff, pass, how the hell are you going to do that without popping your hamster wheel? Right. And then the whole, so then if you get too much smoke inside of your hamster wheel, then you can't see out of it. Or it's great because you've hotboxed your hamster wheel. <laughs> Allie, I don't know what hotboxing means. I don't, you're, yes, use, you you're do. using this terminology you of with I'm, I'm not familiar, you, Allie. You, you know what it is. Knock it off right now. Well, we definitely want to know if you would attend a concert in a bubble. What bubble suggestions do you have about this? I think it's pretty wild. It's kind of awesome. Um, so if, or if you've done this, oh my God, if you've done this, please let us know at DTS Show on Instagram and Twitter. No more than two minutes of commercials drop the subject because we love you. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Yes, that's right. You're still listening to Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. I'm still Allie Johnson. That's still Dr. James. And you may be wondering, should I or should I not get a Halloween costume this year? Because Halloween is kind of essentially sort of kind of canceled, although people are trying to put together different things. But you're definitely not getting a super fun, fancy costume to go to a party, let's say. At least those of you who are being responsible are doing that. But we here at Drop the Subject, we are still all about dressing up whenever you can, even if it's to dress up and sit on that same spot in the couch that now has a divot the size of your growing arse and watch a scary movie. You should do it with a costume. And we have some incredible suggestions for costumes, except Allie Johnson doesn't know if these are 2020 pandemic essentials or 2020 Halloween costumes. Allie, are you ready to play a game? I am ready. I am ready, James. And I will say I ordered a costume for the first time in years. Whoa. For the Okay, so wait. The first Halloween in years that you can't go out anywhere incented you to order a costume. What did you order? Um, I don't want to say. I don't want to say the thing. <laughs> But it is uh, something, it's a, it's a couple's costume in a way, and it is got a, a nice gay tinge to it. And I think this year I needed more than ever to just dress up as something because I wanted to feel like Halloween. That's all I have. If, if all I can do is dress up, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm going to do. Usually I end up going to a party, but I'm scrounging around to find a, something to make a costume with. 
This time I was like, you know what? I might just meet up with a couple of friends and we'll sit outside on a patio somewhere and then we'll watch a scary movie. That's fine as long as I'm dressed. Very good. Well, Allie, here's your first uh, uh, potential costume made for maybe the second uh, little Halloween outdoor gathering that you do. Don't just sit around in isolation, Allie. Heat your oven to 350 because it's this hottie's about to take you to carb heaven in this exclusive banana bread boredom costume. Oh. Yes. Featuring a silver metallic pull-on tube dress with soft brown velvet front, oversized yellow banana peel detailing, and a curve-hugging mini length. Just 60 minutes to perfection. Allie Johnson, Mm. did we make this all up? Is this a 2020 essential banana bread or is banana bread a hot new 2020 halloween costume you know people are making a lot of bread this year um sexy sourdough starter i can imagine being a halloween costume uh, sexy banana bread as well um but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say there's got to be a bread costume out there but i'm not gonna say this is a banana bread halloween costume i'm gonna go with 2020 essential james and it is a 2020 Halloween costume. It is also a 2020 essential, of course, but at, or at least was, but it is a Halloween costume. All right, Allie, that's okay. You know, you had a hot streak going last week. You won a game. Let's see if we can continue <laughs> for you. Okay. Here we go. This adult sized toilet paper roll costume will give you a firsthand experience on what a day in the life of a toilet paper is like. From blowing your nose to wiping your privates, toilet paper is an essential part of our everyday routine. Now you can finally know for yourself just how crucial toilet paper is. Uh Uh-huh. Allie Johnson, 2020 essential or 2020 hot new Halloween costume. Whether this description is real or fake, the need to explain what toilet paper does makes me very happy. (laughs) Uh, I also don't care to know what the day in the life of a toilet paper is, which is why I'm glad that I'm human in this lifetime. But I think that's definitely a Halloween costume. I'm going with Halloween costume for sure. Oh, my gosh. You should not go with your gut, Allie. It's not a Halloween costume. Yes. How about that? It's just a 2020 essential. Allie, regardless of who wins the vote, you're always a priority in this exclusive mail-in ballot costume featuring a white pull-on tube dress with postal detailing, two I voted bust stickers, official ballot enclosed, and first class mail printed with a red stripe, a sexy headquarters address, and a black barcode. No postage necessary, Allie. Is this a 2020 essential or a 2020 sexy Halloween costume? Okay, this one I know has got to be a Halloween costume because they had several, there was a spread of mail-in ballots that were all sexy and they had I voted stickers over their nipples. So I'm going to go Halloween costume, all in on Halloween costume. Ah, good job, Allie. Maybe you should listen to your gut. Ding, 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 ding. You win. All in. It is the hottest Halloween costume for 2020. There you go. Drop the subject. We give you (laughs) all the fun things you can dress up as. And uh, we definitely want you to guess what Allie Johnson's costume is, because I don't know what it is either. But we have more Drop the Subject, we promise. No more than two minutes of commercials. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. You know what happens when a nurse is late? People die. Well then, let's get the party started. James. James is very knowledgeable. This is Drop the Subject, which is why we ask Dr. James any questions that are burning within our loins. Ask the NP. Dr. James is a doctor. He's a nurse practitioner. He knows lots of things that are COVID-related and not. 
Uh, and today we're going to ask Dr. James about whether it is safe to vote in person. There are many people that are voting in person. Of course, there are a lot of people who are not comfortable to do so. Um, but one lady in Boston went to uh, Fenway to cast her vote in person. And this is what that sounded like. I wanted to vote on Fenway because we've all been cooped up inside for a little bit. And I got my donkeys and I'm ready to vote for <laughs> Joe Biden. But I wish I was voting for Bernie Sanders. But it's a team sport. There you go. So she has her donkeys and it's a team sport. She's wearing a Patriots jersey. I think you probably already knew that. And she is ready to vote. She's voting for Joe Biden. And of course, if uh, America runs on Duncan and hopefully Biden come November 3rd. Isn't that funny? I got my donkeys. I got my someone who grew up in the Midwest slash East Coast and where's there's Dunkin Donuts everywhere. I've never heard it called donkeys. I think that's (laughs) just for her. But maybe now she's going to go viral from that. But speaking of viral, how you like that transition? Let's not go viral for you. Let's have a voting plan. Ha ha. And I want to remind folks, by the way, that November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd is the end of the election. It's not. 15 days until election or 14 days until election or whatever. It's the end of the election. We're in the election right now. So you should have a voting plan right now. If you have not already voted, you can hurry up and do it. Everywhere's got some sort of either mail-in ballot or like early voting or drop off or whatever. So if you are someone though, that has, has to make a plan to vote on Tuesday, November 3rd, there's a couple tips we want to give you. So make a voting plan, know what time you want to go, If your voting place historically has had longer lines in the morning, maybe you want to plan for the afternoon. Think about the layout of that voting place. You can actually call your your local registrar's office and ask them as well about if they have private voting areas for people who might be higher risk. All of these things, lots of different states and counties and municipalities are putting together for you. So have a plan before that. Um, You know, obviously wear a face mask like this should go nine months into a pandemic without saying but i guess i gotta say it again you gotta wear a mask you gotta wear it the whole time and you gotta for christ's sake wear it over your nose james the one thing that makes me a little bit nervous about mail-in voting versus going in person i don't i have perfect faith in the fact that if i mail something in it's going to arrive or if i go to the ballot and i drop my little piece of paper in there i'm good to go it's when i'm in the household and i say okay i'm voting now katie it's your turn to vote and she goes i agree with everything that you're voting for (laughs) just fill it out (laughs) and i'm going ah I wonder how many other people are doing that where somebody, say head of household, gets all the ballots and just they have a black or blue pen and decide to fill it out themselves. Oh, well, I think that's technically illegal. So Uh I'm sure Katie filled out her own ballot. She did. She did. Uh But it was something where I was like, huh, I, I don't. No, like I, that's what makes me nervous is people that would do that. You know yes. what I mean? Because you don't and know. You're not in like, you know, if you put it in the ballot, you put it in the mail that 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 process is happening. You have faith that that process is happening. I don't have any faith in American households. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Or in some crazy people who set ballot drop off boxes on fire. Like what right. happened here in Los Angeles right. uh, two nights ago, I think on Sunday night. Yeah. 
Um, not fun. So speaking of that black pen that you mentioned, though, Allie, that's another safety measure that you can do. You can bring your own pen with you so that you, if you have sort of fear of like touching other things, bring your hand sanitizer with you. You can actually bring a filled out sample ballot with you already. If you want, you can download them, bring a sample ballot so that when you get into that little box to vote, you can just be like, bing, 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 bing. You know exactly who you're going to do. And I think the best way to do it, the way that I plan to do it is fill out your official mail-in ballot at home first, but then you can go and drop it off at your polling place on Tuesday, November 3rd. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I don't necessarily trust those ballot boxes either. And like, I think the mail is fine, but I feel like it's my civic duty to just like go and show up on that Tuesday, November 3rd. So I'm going to go do that. Uh, You can arrange for that, but definitely check in with your local municipalities, or you can always go to vote411.org to learn more about how you can vote safely in your neighborhood. News it or lose it is up next after this two-minute break. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. You heard that right. It is time for News It or Lose It. This is the time when me, Dr. James Simmons, I take two headlines and I deliver them to Allie Johnson, who is your lovely co-host today, or every day, actually. And she decides whether or not she newses them or loses them. Allie will repeat the process for me. Allie Johnson, are you ready? I'm ready. Numero uno. Turns out Twinkies do not last forever and may Ah. produce scientifically confusing mold. You know, I did hear about this, and I would like to discuss it further, so I will news it. Ding, 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 ding. Great. Then you will not hear about The New Yorker magazine suspending Jeffrey Tubin for exposing ah. himself during a Zoom call. Yes, Zoom D is trending on Twitter. <laughs> I imagine that Can will you believe that? continue to happen. <laughs> um, here are your stories, James. Headline number one, NASA is putting a 4G network on the moon. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's any much else to know, but why 4G? Like, the world is going to 5G now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to lose it because that makes me mad. NASA's pissing Ooh. me off lately. Because <laughs> they're asking us to do stuff, right? Remember, they're like, if you get to the moon and bring back rocks, we'll give you 100 bucks or whatever, you know, like some coupons. I'm like, uh, isn't that your job? Yeah, they are getting a little bit uh, thirsty. You are going to hear about this couple who found 60 bottles of bootleg whiskey in their secret walls. Oh, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I picked right because I love some bootleg whiskey. All right. Here's how it works. Uh, This couple in upstate New York, they purchased a house and then they made a, quote, wild discovery when they discovered what appeared to be a bunch of old bootlegger whiskey in the walls of their house. I cannot imagine anything more awesome. Uh, Of course, usually if you're finding something in your house, whether it's a secret wall or some kind of a secret stash, it's usually not anything good. You might get like some really old weed or something like that. Right. Uh, right, right. But every once in a while you hear those stories. That's like man discovers a trophy from 1874 and it's worth $100,000. And you're like, what? Uh, Well, so this is. 60 bottles of bootleg whiskey from the 1920s during the Prohibition days. And they have a video of them discovering it. It's outside in like some like secret little wall outside on the outside of the house. So you take off the little floorboards and you can see 
all the booze in the walls. And they put a, a video up on Instagram that said, our walls are built of booze. <laughs> Very smart. I like these people. Yeah. <laughs> our walls are built of booze. Well, it's like the, it's like the, the guy the other day that found the $10,000 worth of cash, right? We got cash. We got booze. Like, we're going to Vegas, man. Yeah. That's, that's kind of awesome. The other thing we got, I wonder if this would go with, you know, what would that make it? 100-year-old booze? Our eight-year-old Twinkies, Allie. <laughs> so we've all known for the longest time that there, there's an ur- urban legend that hostess Twinkies will last forever if you leave them unopened. And because of it's made with all of the preservatives and it's basically like fried air sort of thing. Well, unfortunately, Allie, we're learning that this is not true. Twitter user Colin Purrington sounds like a kitty name. Purrington was just so bored. Her last name is Purrington. His last name is Purrington. His last name. Uh Okay. Was so bored during pandemia that he went down into his basement where he had found an old package of Twinkies that he had been hoarding since 2012 when there was a reported Twinkies shortage. And he's like, well, I better get me some Twinkies and hide them down there. That he was so bored, he decided to bite into them and eat them. the The picture of these Twinkies are are unbelievable. They, uh, it's it's pretty awful. So, I mean, some of the Twinkie looks normal, but then there's another part of the Twinkie that clearly had some like exposure to air. That is unbelievable. <laughs> so, what this guy did was he was like, "All right, fine. He's from West Virginia. I'm gonna send this to the University of West Virginia. They're like pathological biology lab." And I'm going to ask them what's going on in these Twinkies. Like, what kind of fungus has this Twinkie grown into? So the scientists at University of West Virginia had to use a bone marrow tool <gasps> to oh, get... to, like, surgically get surgically into the Twinkie get, part? Yes, to get into the Twinkie part, pull out the fungus, and they have yet to be able to identify exactly <gasps> what kind of fungus this is. So it is potential that Twinkie... When left alone for eight years, has grown into a new species. No, is that real? I'm just saying they can't figure out what kind of what kind of like fungus it is. Okay, well, I think we should take whatever's in that Twinkie and put it on the moon and just have <laughs> at it and see what happens. A whole new society could be created that will last forever. Um, well, interesting. We've learned a few things here on News It or Lose It, and don't go anywhere because more is on the way. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Oh, I know. It's sad times. We must leave you. It is time to close up shop here on Drop the Subject. Close up shop. Close up shop. Close up shop. But the good news is that, A, we are back tomorrow. B, there is a podcast. And C, that's it. So here's what we did on the show today. <laughs> and see, see, that's it. That just done. <laughs> that's it. It's just A and B. Uh, we did just the tip Tuesday. Ways that you might be stressing out your dog. We talked about attending bubble concerts, whether we would do it, and the trials and tribulations of bubble life. We did a little drop the suspect, talked about the new unsolved mysteries and the update to the Scott Peterson case. We asked the NP about voting in person. We newsed it, and then we lost it. And now here we are where we say goodbye and also tell you about a new petition because as we encourage everybody to get out there and vote, which I think the deadline for registering is is uh, either here or has passed for a lot of you. So if you have not registered, um, that's a problem. 
And you can go to (laughs) vote411.org to make sure you are registered. You can vote now. You can vote often. And you can turn in your vote to your... uh, to your polling place on November for, uh, 3rd, if you like. But the important thing is that you vote. So we are comparing uh, the very important vote of 2020 to other votes that are going on online that are much less important. Uh, because if you can vote for these things, you can vote for the election. Uh, the petition that we bring you today is a petition on change.org to change the name of OWL to OWL. A-W-O-L. They want to change it from A-W-L to A W O L because oh, it's I think cuter. O W love O W O W O L because oh. it's like the two eyes of an owl, right? A- yes, I you were spelling A W O. Oh, is, maybe that's I mean- <laughs> what I am right now. I am <laughs> Al- losing my Al-Li's mind. Gone A W O L, but you get it. It's just O W O L just because it looks cuter and it makes people smile. But it does. Bring me to phonetic spellings, Allie. You know how I get about my words and I'm a little crazy. And I feel like owl is one of those words that a lot of people do say with that extra vowel in there anyway. A lot of people say owl. Owl. We just need to add the O in there and do it. Like the word bloated. Most people say bloated. Bloated? So part of me is like, why don't we just throw an extra vowel in there anyway? Because that's how everyone says it. So I'm I'm on board with this petition, though. The whole point of this is that if you have time to read this petition, if you've had time to listen to us discuss how to spell the word owl, you have had time to register and or vote. Haha, that is the point. Well, going back to your bloated example, if people are saying bloated instead of bloated, wouldn't we change it to a D as well? Right, bloated. Bloated. Right, with a D. Yeah, I mean, there's lots. There's lots of things that we could do with that. I, I might have started us going down a really, really dangerous train of. I mean, the amount of change.org petitions we need to sign to change all of the words that we're pronouncing <laughs> incorrectly is going to take us a long time, but it'll be worth it. And now we take you out with some gay sports highlights because, uh, James, you love football. I also love football, even mm-hmm. though it has many, many problems, and. We watch the games a little bit differently when we hear about a real big sack um, penetrating the D, those kinds of things. You know, we hear the games a little differently and we celebrate the gayest moments in the NFL with the gayest sports highlights of the week. We'll take you out with that and we will see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Here are the gayest sports highlights from the week. Evan at the top. Brady likes to look his way. He's not used to a team beating themselves the way that they did against the Bears. Flags are flying all over the place. Troy finally got the towel story in about Brady and Jensen. He's over 100. Muscle hamster move over. Berrios gets away from two Dolphins. Shaheen streaking towards the end zone and he's caught from behind. You're going to have to bring your big boy pads all day with a back like Derek Henry. Tannehill finds his man wide open. Able to get in. I thought Kendall Sheffield might rip his jersey off. Make sure that Sealer comes to his place instead of going to the RV. These have been the gayest sports highlights from this week. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.